0: Hey guys, what's up? Jason Gaddis here. Today, we're talking about emotionally unavailable men.
1: What's up? It's Kevin Crenshaw, aka The Heart Guy. Welcome to The Heartbeat, where we talk about living life from the heart. This is going to be an amazing topic because a lot of you guys uh, that are even in my DMs and we're chatting or just out and about when I see you at live events, whatever it is, um, there's a pattern here if you keep attracting emotionally unavailable men. and so I'm really excited that Jason's here with us. So he's a relationship coach as well. He's founder of Relationship School. Welcome to the show, man.
0: Yeah, thanks Kevin. Glad to be here, man.
1: Yeah, of course. So, unavailable men. Um I think that a lot of women struggle with they keep attracting unavailable men. They don't know why they keep attracting unavailable men. <laughs> so, yeah. I you know, I asked you before we started recording like what really is on your heart to talk about, and you say that that comes up a lot. Um What really do you have to say on that? Because I know also, too, you mentioned that you used to be that guy.
0: Yeah, totally. Uh, Well, I got a lot to say because I was that guy. Um, (laughs) Yeah. You know, I was a sensitive, emotional kid. And I grew up with a pretty intense dad that, you know, that part of me wasn't – I got the message anyway that that part of me wasn't that welcome. Mm. And I got the same message on the playground and in sports to kind of keep my feelings to myself. Uh, And so basically, I buried – that part of myself, and I slowly calcified and became an unavailable man over time,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: that would attract a certain kind of woman who kind of wanted into my heart, right She wanted to crack the code and like get through the wall Save and, the day, yeah, um, mm-hmm. and I just didn't know how to let her in, and I didn't even know I had a wall um I was using a lot of drugs and alcohol at the time, and I was um pretty lost and depressed and i I was avoiding my pain, medicating a lot, and uh doing a lot of extreme sports and so I would just keep women at arm's length, and it wasn't until my seventh failed relationship in my twenties that I realized that I was the one common denominator in all those failures. And that was a pivotal moment because when I saw that I was the problem, because I had it that they were the problem for ten years. Mm-hmm. And once I said, Okay, I'm the problem here, um, then I could do something about it and I set to work on myself. Uh, and then eventually became an available husband and father, and now at least it's a choice, right? So if I ever shut down or I do get emotionally constipated. I know how to come back and I know how to come back into connection.
1: Right. I love that. So what would you say to some of the women that are listening that keep attracting that type of a guy and they're in that cycle where they are wanting to play fix it or, you know, come in and be the hero, save the day. Um. What really advice do you have there for them?
0: Yeah, I'd say, you know, it's, there's, there's a number of levels here that we can deal with this. Um, kind of issue if we're gonna get this specific. And one of them is if you really if you're a woman listening and you're you're in this kind of pattern, you're like, yeah, that's me. I I do keep kind of going after guys that aren't really available. They say they are and then you know two months in they're not, um, then I would look to your history. And that means the the first relationship with a man you had, which was usually your dad. Mm -hmm. But it could have been a mom or a grandfather or a brother. But often I find women in this situation grew up with a father or father figure that worked a lot or wasn't around a lot or left when she was 2 or 10 and then the the sort of unconscious pursuit becomes a a, a young girl pursuing the dad that was is never going to come back or the dad that won't finally come around and watch her and love her in, in just the right ways and so she's really in, unconsciously in a fantasy that um, pursuing this unavailable creature to, as a way to heal her past so that's kind of the way to meta have, like, of redemption. view yeah and yeah, reconciliation yeah. and like repair like i want to actually work through this but the problem is women will choose an unavailable guy but the and the pattern isn't to change the guy like cuz that's what a little girl does with dad his little girl tries to get dad to like her a certain way by being more cute or less annoying or whatever it was she tries all these strategies to get his attention and nothing works um you got to you know realize it's not about changing the guy it's about seeing that you're in your pattern and moving on from the guy mm. And sometimes once you, once you get more empowered here and you're like, I don't want to be treated like this, this is bullshit. A good guy is going to notice you pulling back and getting with yourself and he's going to find that attractive and he's going to start paying attention to you and it's going to be a wake up call for him. A guy that's checked out isn't going to notice much.
1: That is very true. And so what advice would you have for the guys listening that maybe recognize, oh shit, maybe I'm unemotionally available.
0: Yeah. I mean, you got to, you know, for me again, it it, had, you told me I was emotionally unavailable in my twenties, I would have laughed at you. So Mm
1: -hmm. it depends on
0: where you're at in your development. Uh, But if you're a little bit open to feedback, you're listening to this podcast and you're probably pretty open. Um, you know, hearing Kevin a lot, you're going to be, you're going to have some tools here. So that means you might have some pain that's guarded your heart. Maybe a a girl broke up with you when you're 16. Maybe you had your heart broken when you're 25. Maybe someone cheated on you. And you're a little blocked because you're scared that if you open again, you're going to get hurt again. So that, that's the first place I would look.
1: Right. So really, it's looking back to your past on why you locked up in both scenarios.
0: Yeah, because like. a lot of people, right, a lot of people say, yeah, just open up. But that's a lot harder, you know, mm-hmm. it just open up is kind of simplistic, right? Like I need to look at what shut me down. That's usually where I look. If you can't remember your past, you have no idea, then that's okay. There's, there's practices you can do right now, uh, to learn how to be more available with other people, the closest friends you have, the people you feel safest with. There's, there's places where you can, can open up and try to open up and, you know, there's not going to be like a high consequence, like someone smashing your heart, you know?
1: (laughs) Right. No, definitely. And I think that, that you kind of hit the nail on the head there with the, I think the persona or the. I think um, what's being taught or expressed in terms of like, oh, I got this advice from my friend is that just do it. Like just be vulnerable. Um, right. But that's literally like going against your subconscious <laughs> because of the past that you have. Um, so I think that is really important to you know look into your past at some of the stuff that's caused the pattern and then liberating yourself from that so that you can allow it. I think that's, that's wonderful. And that's actually what I know what you do with your clients. I do as well. And it's just, um, I feel like it's a much more powerful way to, to go about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you, man.
1: Yeah. And so I also know um, before we started recording, you mentioned that conflict is another thing that you enjoy talking about or have a lot to say on. Um, and I think that it could also benefit this type of a situation with emotionally unavailable men and women in that cycle. Um, when conflict arises, what have you found has been some tools or strategies or perspectives really to help people with either avoiding conflict or navigating it?
0: Yeah well the first thing is to have the mindset the proper mindset which is that conflict is a doorway it's not a just a door it's a doorway into a deeper possibility on the other side of any difficult conversation is another beautiful connection uh if you're willing to go through the difficult and the discomfort stuff you know so conflicts never the problem it's how you navigate um yourself your own activation and the other person's working through it and that's really all it is at the end of the day is Is conflict is just what we feel uh, those uncomfortable feelings we feel when we're kind of in an, we have an issue with another person, Um, and that's really common in a long-term relationship. In the honeymoon stage, it's not so common, but once you really start dating someone and you're serious and you're for reals, it gets uh, conflict is going to come up, and it's again it's just designed to get you to love bigger, love deeper. Um, So that attitude alone is enormous. Um, So saying yes to conflict, Um, I always say that. If you want to say no to drama, then say yes to conflict, um, ironically. And what I was doing with these women, say in my 20s, was I I was pushing them away because they would, there'd be something uncomfortable going on between us and they wanted to talk about it. And I was a big fat no. So I would make them wrong, fire them, move on to the next pleasurable experience. And I, I was saying no to my own activation. I was saying no to their activation. And I was just disrespecting the whole space, right? So if we can just say yes and have an attitude of kindness towards difficult, uncomfortable feelings, we're going to get, I mean, you know, we're going to make a lot of traction.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so would, it's, it's confrontation yeah. too. Yeah.
0: Sometimes we have to, you know, have a, have a hard conversation about the way things are something you said yesterday or something that hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. I, I want to, I always advocate for people to speak up for themselves uh, for sure. And probably mm-hmm. the most important part of the, Of conflict and what the research shows is the repair. It's not so much what you say or what happened. It's how you clean up the mess afterwards. That's the most important part. Uh, So put your attention on doing repair well um, as a couple, as a friend. You know, if you have friends, if you're single and you're listening, you don't have a partner, um, do repair well, like clean up your messes and any challenges you have together well. And that doesn't mean apologize. That means like really take ownership for your part, get the impact on the other person, like really be there for the repair. And again, your relationship's going to get so much stronger.
1: Mm -hmm. Totally. And I think that you had a big point on there, which was taking ownership. And I think a lot of times people think conflict and they just think fighting. Um, Yeah. Or like, oh, he's not doing this. And so then you get mad and you start a conflict because he just doesn't get it. (laughs) I've had a lot of questions of women of like, How do I help him to understand this? And I'm like, well, these needs probably aren't getting met, and then you're just nagging at him, which is making things perpetually worse. And so, um, it's coming at it from a different viewpoint, I guess. What, um, I I love the the thing you touched on with repair. What does that necessarily look like?
0: Yeah. So for a lot of people, they think repair, like that's my language, is kind of kind of jargon, but. It just means cleaning up the mess. And so, mm-hmm. uh, means, you know, a lot of people think I just need to apologize. Yeah. If you would just apologize, then we'd be fine. And the problem with apologies is it just doesn't go deep enough. It doesn't settle the nervous system. Uh, when we're under stress together, uh, and again, like you said, it's not just we're going to blows here. Conflict sometimes is just silence. That's conflict. Um, mm-hmm. but it means we're not good. We're not well. We're not connected. We're disconnected. Um, it means that both of you need to attend to the care and connection again, and it means you get how the other person feels, what it was that I said or did that didn't, that hurt your feelings. It wasn't cool. Okay. Thanks. That makes sense. Validating the person's experience is huge. Um, you know, we, at the relationship school, we walk people through a a pretty clear step-by-step process, uh, to get to a clean and clear kind of space again, where we feel connected. Um, which, which is what we all want, right? Most of us, just want to feel connected again and we want to feel good again and this is you know repair is the way to get there
1: right and i love that perspective too and also i think just recognizing that especially if you're in a relationship that person's intention usually isn't to harm you even if yeah. it did hurt something did hurt it's like seeing that you're on the same team i think helps with conflict
0: yeah that's right we can assume positive intent is is always a good mm-hmm. rule of thumb or uh, another one is we can just keep the other persons, uh, in mind that they, there's an intelligence operating in them. Uh, I, I like to think that all human behaviors has an intelligent function behind it. And if I can remember that, you know, no one's out to get me here. They're just looking after themselves and they're trying to protect themselves and they're hurt. And this is what this person does when they're hurt. Okay. Got it. That makes sense. <laughs>
1: That's definitely a good perspective.
0: Yeah, and and yeah. that's key too. Perspective, right? Like if we can just mm-hmm. not get so fused, man, to our reactivity or our emotions, then I think we'll be better
1: off. Definitely, yeah. It's taking a step back and almost just centering yourself. And I, I mean, I usually tell people, you know, make sure that you're responding instead of reacting, because when you react, it's usually out of a place of hurt. Yeah, and you can respond. You're actually, you know, tapped into your higher self in a way.
0: Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's right.
1: Yeah. Um, what really, what else do you really have to say around whether it's conflict or emotionally unavailable men that just in closing, like any, any last words you would give to people that are really struggling with this?
0: Yeah. I mean, there's another, you know, you have to look at your relational blueprint, um, which again, we teach here at the school around your earliest relationships got set up and they, they set this template. They laid down this template for you for life in a way. But the good news is it's your brain is plastic so you can rewire it uh through you know positive corrective experiences with good people. Um, but you know, our earliest uh attachment bond really set the stage. And so if you really want to go deeper, uh you could study attachment, attachment theory, attachment science. Um, I've got a bunch of podcasts on that stuff. Um, people that you might be interested in interviewing, Kevin, at some point. Awesome. That attachment is really cool stuff. Like once we start to understand attachment and how the nervous system works and how the brain works, we we don't have to blame ourselves anymore. Uh, there's this scared animal living inside of us. We're social mammals. We want to belong. When we don't belong, we feel bad. Uh, that's all normal. So there's nothing wrong with you. If you have a fear of abandonment or you get scared a lot, um, you're totally normal. And once you study relationships like I do and study people, you start to feel less crazy and less alone and like, oh, this is just part of normal relational functioning. Got it. I'm just scared, I'm just stressed out. Okay, this is how my body responds when I'm scared and stressed out. Okay, and this is how my, this is how I can take care of myself to do better. And these are the kinds of people that I need to be around so that I can and heal and grow through this. So just having a view and having tools and having a basic understanding of the human condition I think goes a long way.
1: Definitely, it puts it in the right perspective. And it's way more empowering than, why is this happening to me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or asking, you know, those repetitive questions over and over again, like I see so many people doing.
0: Yeah. So rather than be a victim, kind of is what I hear you mm-hmm. saying, which we all do, like of course we're going to be a victim mm-hmm. sometimes. We need to go from um that victim position to to one of personal responsibility, like we talked about earlier. Because that's where change can really happen, is when you get in the driver's seat of your life, your reactivity, um, and you start to investigate your own behavior and you stop you get the attention off the other person, all the wrong things they're doing. And you're just like, okay, I, I want to learn about myself. I want to become a student here of relationships. Then then it's like, man, the world's your oyster now.
1: Mm-hmm. So true. Well, where can people find out more about you and the love school or relationship school and, and all, what all you do?
0: Yeah. So relationshipschool.com is probably the easiest way. Um, if you're dealing with an emotionally unavailable guy, you can go to that relationshipschool.com forward slash get his heart back. Uh, more specific tools on this, this specific pain point. And then we have a podcast called the smart couple, uh, the relationship school, of smart couple. You can find us on iTunes or, um, Spotify, Stitcher, Google play, that All the kind things. of
1: stuff. <laughs> yeah. Instagram, awesome. Jason. Well, thank yeah. you. Yep. Yeah. Thank you so much for jumping on the show, Jason. I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah. Good to hang with you, Kevin. Um, we'll see you back on oh, the f-
1: IG. Definitely. Well, for everybody listening, obviously go check out his stuff. And as always, put some heart into everything that you do today.